Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Welcome, everybody, to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. This is episode number 68, and I do appreciate you tuning in. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Kyle Marshall runs Calgary's Media Lab YYC and is also the host of Putting It Together on the Alberta Podcast Network. Here's Kyle to tell you all about the show. Hi, my name's Kyle Marshall and I'm the host of Putting It Together, a show that's part of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. It's a show that's going through Stephen Sondheim's entire body of work, show by show and song by song. Now, if you don't know who Stephen Sondheim is, that's understandable. Not everyone is a super fan like me, but you might know him from this. I feel pretty. Or this. Send in the clowns. Or this. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. I would go so far as to label him the Shakespeare of our time. Each episode, I invite on a guest and we discuss the lyrics of the song, the interpretations it's had, and how it affects us as people. It's more than just a show about the music. So come along, every Wednesday a new episode is released. I can't promise you'll feel pretty afterwards, but you will be entertained. Thanks, Kyle. Please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for info and links to all the great shows on the network. I'm in the process of revamping the Alberta Barbecue Trail listings on the website, folks, and the new version will include catering and food truck operators. My guest this week is David Wayne of Calgary's Soul Kitchen Barbecue Food Truck. We had a great conversation about the truck and their catering business, as well as inspirational visits to some iconic barbecue joints down south. A quick reminder to check out the Eat More Barbecue Instagram feed for details on how you could win my pair of tickets to the sold-out to-and-out CFL Podcast Live podcast event coming up on Thursday, November 21st at Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack here in Calgary. If you don't want a chance, you can contact the Booker's directly to reserve a table. The area of the restaurant right around the stage is reserved for ticket holders, but you can still get a table outside that section where you'll be able to check out the action. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the podcast back here at Patty's uh, once again. And today I'm joined by David Wayne, Soul Kitchen Barbecue. David, welcome to the show. How are you doing this evening? Good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for uh, coming out, taking some time. Uh, let's get started with kind of your, your background, your barbecue story. What's, uh, what's your background? Uh, probably would have been about maybe eight years ago, seven years ago. I was finishing up a season at a golf course in Sycamus, and I was just... I was done there, and I had gotten hired on as another consultant out in Sycamus at a different restaurant, but I just, I had this off season to kill some time, and just kind of, you know, what am I passionate about, like, what do I want to do, and I thought, and I'd always been interested in barbecue and smoking things, and had no idea how to do it. Never done it, never tried it in my life, so I just said, you know, screw it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn how to do it, and it went through the, you know, Google and everything, and just devised a trip through the southern states, and, uh, just ended up going and just I, yeah. you know called as many different places as I could and just said hey like I didn't even know I was going to start a food truck that was yeah. not it was you know I didn't know lease rates were going to be the way they are now but yeah. um, I said hey like I'm you know going to start my own thing here and I had to you know talk a bunch of them kind of you know I'm not here to steal recipes I'm yeah. not you know I want to do my own thing but I don't know how to do any of it yeah. so I just want to come learn and help, mm-hmm. you know wash dishes or do whatever you need me to do like, yeah 
so did that, met some pretty cool people, right some on. guys that are pretty high up down there, and uh, kind of just that's how it started. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So you've got kind of a food background, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went to Sate, and uh, after that, I ended up kind of taking a risk and buying a failing coffee shop, okay. and flipped it into a neighborhood pub, and did that for about five, six okay. years. It was really successful, and then I, I sold that, and yep. and just kind of worked worked around the city. I yep. went out to BC, took some jobs there. Um, came back to Calgary and worked at a place called Starbelly for a couple of years okay, yeah. uh, while I was getting the food truck going and mm-hmm. it's kind of once once you work for yourself it's hard to then yeah. go work for other people especially when you're trying to do things your way so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah we tried we tried to we, we're still trying to get a restaurant going but we just right. can't afford it I mean it's it's impossible so stuff uh, <laughs> food truck was the way to go and right. yeah it's been good right on so then how did kind of Soul Kitchen what's the timeline of that uh coming along and so we're just finishing our fourth year okay um so 2015 then what yeah 2015 yeah. uh took you know you know six yeah. months yeah. You know, the better part of a year to build yeah. it out and get the okay. concept down and yeah. techniques and just figuring out how to like working on it like, once you're in the truck it's the same as being in a kitchen it's right. just the logistics and so many other things that can go wrong yeah you know so it's just kind of working working through that and yeah. And uh, talk about your team a little bit, but uh, not just yourself, I assume. Oh, yeah. So uh, um, my business partner and my best friend, John, uh, he runs a truck with me. Okay. He used to be the head chef at Chibo for okay. uh, Chibo, four or five years. Yeah. He, he ran the, the little pub with me, but it was yeah. too small of a space for two guys to right. kind of be there full time. Yeah. Um, so he's doing that with me. He, same, same as me. He didn't really have a ton of experience in barbecue, but, yeah. you know, trial and error that's the only way to get better at a thing yeah. like that and yeah. so it's nice it's, it's important to have him on the team because you know when you're especially when you're trying to offset smoke things like it, it you know there's so much time involved and I have a family he's got a fiance like there's it's nice to have someone else there that you can rely on or be able to go away and have a little weekend trip and know the business is still running yeah yeah, yeah he's outstanding awesome uh, so talk about what, uh, where are you operating the truck? Do you have a kind of a regular spot? What else do you do? We got a, like a catering do? kitchen in Spruce Cliff. Okay. Um, the truck's just parked out back there. Yeah. Super convenient because it's five minutes from downtown. Right. Uh, inconvenient because it's outdoors, so right. people like to break into the truck. It's, yeah, another thing you learn with yep. the food truck, you know. Um, it, it, you know, the catering kitchen's nice, though, because I... Geez, I couldn't imagine doing like barbecue just on a food truck. Yeah, it'd be, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do it. And then, yeah. so, I mean, we're one of the few trucks that actually has a kitchen and fridges and a dishwasher and space. We do a lot of catering in the winter and, yeah. and weddings for large numbers of people. You can't do that just out of a truck. So, yeah. it's, I think it's important for us to have that. Uh, yeah. So, you're doing the co- most of the cooking there and then yeah, so load into the truck. Kind of all over the space. Like, we have our offset out behind the kitchen. Yeah. We have another smoker mounted actually into the truck. Okay, you do. Yeah. And then we we have the kitchen inside so we're not burning propane using the stove and everything so you yeah. kind of we're in three spots at once yeah making right. it work yeah uh, and then, then catering you mentioned what kind of events are you doing with that we're, we're big in the weddings actually yeah. I didn't it wasn't something I intended to get into yeah. but uh, it just kind of fell into you know weddings can be so expensive mm-hmm. um, so we end up you know maybe it's a detriment to myself but we end up beating a lot of other caterers quotes and right. you know, maybe barbecue is cheaper I don't know but yeah. people like it it's a good family style meal and yeah. so we yeah, we stopped doing the big events throughout the city like, yeah. there's so many of them I'm yeah. not going to name them give them a bad reputation or anything but they're just, their fees are so high yeah. that once I start having to pay 1500 bucks to be in there I need to be doing 15 we have a 10% rule yeah 
I can't do 15,000 bucks in five hours, so I'd rather take the wedding for three grand and sure. do another one the next day. And yeah. So the weddings have become a big staple. We've nice. done uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff like that. A lot of house parties too. Okay. Yeah. People don't want to clean up after 50 people, so they pay, sure. they pay us to roll up for two hours, we give them barbecue, and then we take off. That's all right. Yeah, it, may, it makes for a good day. If you go downtown, it's slow, but then you pair that with something else. Yeah. You kind of have to do... You got to make a full day out of it yeah. these days in Calgary, or else yeah. you're not going to make, make it work. So. Yeah. so you are doing the regular kind of food truck, picking your spots. Yeah, we were popular in the Eau Claire area yeah. for yeah. some reason. Once we head kind of uh, towards the Bow Tower, yeah. we're not popular. Oh really? I don't sure. know why, but yeah. so we kind of stick to where we're we're busy, and yeah. you know, we get booked a lot of days too. So we go there when we're not booked, and then yeah. try to fill our nights with things, other things like that. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And you're doing some sauces as well, I saw on the website. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, <clears throat> that was kind of one of the things I learned down south is like every region has a, it's not just barbecue sauce. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, everyone has their own specific, yeah. and there, some of them are similar, but there's a very minor yeah. difference. So we, we've tried to mimic a, a few of them, and right. uh, it's gone over well because, you know, it gives people a different idea of what the different, you know, what to expect in different regions. Yeah. Uh, and we were in a couple stores. I, I haven't. I didn't take the time to put a barcode on the label. Right. Okay. So we're we haven't been able to get into the co-ops or anything yet. But right. it's, I think that's something. Once we get a bit more volume, then I'll. Yeah. I, I, I bought a thousand labels. I need, they're expensive. I gotta I gotta sell these first, and then, yeah. and then I'll go put a barcode that's on right. them. Yeah, yeah. The next the next yeah. run. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about that that trip down south a little bit. Where talk about some of the places you visited and kind of hung out at. Yeah. Um. So. It wasn't part of the trip. It just happened to work out this way. I started off in the Houston area because my okay. brother lives down there. Oh, perfect, yeah. Um, so we, every time we go to Houston, we yeah. spend a day in Houston, then we go to Austin. Uh, and there's yeah. some awesome. Obviously, Franklin's is huge. You know, yeah. we didn't uh, we didn't do the wait in line for four hours. Yeah. I'm sure their barbecue is great, but I'm not waiting four hours. We did the uh, the pre-order. Okay. Yeah, you know, we, yeah. You know, we put the order in a month beforehand. We yeah. went down there. We picked it up, took it to the hotel room. It was fantastic. Yeah, and I did the I did the four hour lineup. So. Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looked, you know, once. it, it looked once. like a good time, but yeah, no, we were yeah. down there with your brother. We weren't in best of shape to be standing in a line for four hours. Yeah. Um, a bunch of different places there. The names eluded me now because we're yeah. talking with the microphone, so yeah. I won't be able to remember <laughs> it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then so from there, I actually flew to Memphis. Okay. And from there, we kind of we spent a lot of time in Memphis. Met the guys from the Memphis Barbecue Co. They were they were super helpful. They were cool, kind of pointing us in different directions. Okay. Show they they use old hickory pit smokers and yeah, they're they're pretty good. A lot of good ideas from them. Especially their biggest thing that I learned from them was, you know, that was my biggest question: is you're smoking 30, 40 briskets a day. Yeah. What happens when you sell 35 of them? You know, so little little tricks of the trade they kind of taught us. You know, yeah. you don't, it doesn't have to be garbage. Yeah. There's, there's things you can do yeah. to use them into other dishes or to even bring them back properly. You know? yeah. uh, we went to a place called Rendezvous. Was the, they were apparently the best ribs in Memphis. Just okay. unanimously the best ribs. And uh, John Wheeler, the owner of the Memphis Barbecue Co., he asked me, he said, you know, what did you think? Were they the best ribs in Memphis? Yeah. And it was the craziest thing, because it was the first thing I noticed, is they didn't, they don't clean the bottom of their ribs. Oh, remember? Yeah, and they're proud. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was just, that's, they don't do it. Yeah. And I noticed it and made them, for me, they, they weren't the best ribs in Memphis. They were, they were good, great ribs, you know, yeah. not, not gonna, you know, nothing bad, but I was stunned that something so little like that wasn't just like a thing that you would, you would do down there, yeah. like, you know. Maybe just the volume is so high. They, yeah. But hey, they're lined up at the door, and so who am I to? <laughs> yeah, it's, work, it's working for them. Maybe right? I should leave mine on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, from there, we went uh, I think it was north into Missouri and checked out the old Hickory Pits place up there. And then we went south and we went through Alabama and other parts of Missouri and met the guys at Big Bob, Big Bob Gibson's, I believe, and they were they were really nice too. They their smoker was awesome, just this long brick kind of reverse flow smoker. Okay. I mean, the guy working in there, you could tell he's been doing it his whole life. It's a big smoky room. You wear a gas mask, and they were really proud of their uh, their white chicken they do down there. The white sauce, yeah. Yeah, and that, what a cool like concept. And uh, so that, that was something else. And yeah. kind of back and forth between there and Missouri, and we yeah. ended up finishing off down in New Orleans, but we okay. spent a lot of time in Gulfport, okay. just trying to get learning the Cajun side of things. Yeah. And, uh, the shed. The shed was the one that really stuck in yeah. uh, Mississippi. Yeah. 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 They were really cool. That's uh, guy's name. Orison. Brad. The guy with the, he wears the hat. Yeah, the Brad Orison. He, he wasn't yeah. there when I was there, oh, okay. but John tried to put us in touch. But yeah, uh, yeah he wasn't there that day. But uh, yeah, really, what a cool spot. Like yeah, I've heard restaurant it's... backing onto like a like a swamp with yeah. gators and yeah. stuff in it. Yeah. Watch your step. Exactly. Yeah. Don't yeah. eat on the patio. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the, the whole trip was really cool. So we've uh, we've been planning to get to the Carolinas somewhere I haven't been yet, but everywhere you go in the states, there's someone doing something different. Uh, yeah. We've got to get to Kansas City. Yeah, spent a bunch of time in Arizona, kind of checked out what they're doing there. Yeah. I'm in Houston so often, I try to always go somewhere yeah, different I, every I got, time. I get down there about once a year with my job, so it's, uh, it's yeah. great to check things out around there. Yeah, that whole area is just booming, so no shortage of it around there. Yeah. Very different area. Yeah, awesome. I'm uh, gonna take it just a real quick pause for a word from our Alberta Podcast Network sponsor, and when we get back, gonna talk a bit about the menu at uh, Soul Kitchen. Hi, my name's Derek Leahy. I host Rural Roots to Climate Solutions, the podcast that looks at how farmers and ranchers in Alberta can use climate solutions to improve and strengthen their agricultural operations. I know we hear a lot of bad things in the media about agriculture these days, especially agriculture's impact on the environment. And you know what? Most of the stories are probably true. But there are a lot of things farmers and ranchers can do and are doing right now, right here in Alberta, to protect ecosystems, build resilient communities, and tackle a colossal problem like climate change. These are the stories you don't hear too often. And these are the stories we like to tell. Download and listen to Rural Roots to Climate Solutions on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and learn how what's good for the farm is usually good for the climate. All right, we are back here. Um, Before we jump into the menu, talk about some of the challenges, I guess, or experiences you've had with the the food truck life. Uh, You kind of touched on, you know, working in a bit more of a confined space what's uh, so yeah this year has been the best example of it it's just kind of been that's one of those years our sales are up yeah but it's been by far the worst year we've had okay just to start the year you know it's something that doesn't happen in a restaurant but we to replace the kingpins on the truck uh all the bushings the bearings have to get new tires we went to pick it up and the steering column shattered so that set us back about seven eight grand to start the year and, and literally from then it's been at least something every month this year is breaking whether it's on the truck or so we've had two break-ins this year just yeah it's it's everything so there's it's just a whole other component to getting food from the kitchen out to the customer but now you got to be able to drive it there and 
So that, there's that issue with yeah, it. I mean, whole other, whole other factor when you have something mobile in there, right? Yeah, like the, the pros are that you're not shelling out ten grand a month in rent somewhere. Right. So there's that. But I mean, on any given day, you might have ten thousand dollars worth of expenses. So yeah. that's kind of yeah. there's that. And then you know, it's Calgary, so you got the elements. Yep. I think it was our first year our water pump froze and burst in the middle of an event. Nice. We kind of figured the heat from the truck would protect it, but yeah. it, it didn't. Um, so yeah. yeah, just the elements is yeah. you know, kind of the, the day-to-day. Anything specific with working in the truck, or is it just kind of you adjusted? I guess over. Yeah, the you days? have to you have to adjust in the sense, like you know, when you're in a kitchen, and you're serving a brisket. Your brisket's staying warm. It's yeah. you know, it's, on a food truck, you need to make sure you're protecting it a lot better with a heat lamp or butcher paper because the hood vents are bringing in that air. Yeah. And then there's that just with all the food, and I mean, it is air's air. You're in a kitchen, you're outside, whatever, but. Yeah. You just have to be a little more conscious of it, I guess. And then, yeah, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that try to sneak into your truck, too, when you're... When just, you're out working? Yeah, you're downtown. It's yeah. 10 o'clock. You're just, you know, shooting the shit with some of the other food yeah. truck guys, and you'll look over, and there's some, you know, there's... There's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just got to be a little more aware of everything, yeah. the surroundings, and... Crazy. Parking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah finding that. Yeah. I think it's probably better now than it was maybe... Uh, 10 years ago when the food truck thing kind of started up in Calgary getting through with the red tape of the city that's all I'm sure much yeah, simpler I, now than I think it's yeah in a sense it's better now because it's yeah. easier to get a truck but I from my experience I wasn't there for that part yeah. I find it a little worse um, I think we're one of the only cities that doesn't have a cap on the licenses okay so they just you know they're firing out licenses left right and center yep. and then they're cutting out all the parking spots for bike lanes right you know, so there's less and less spots to park. They're coming up with new rules. Well, you can't be this many meters from this and that. And, well, you just can't be in this area, 17th Ave or 4th Street. or You know, it's almost like, well, why did you approve the food trucks? If, yeah. You know, they, I, all the st- cities in the states I've been to, they had such a cool element. Yeah. Especially along, you know, the 17th Aves of yeah. these different cities at 1 in the morning. Yeah. When a lot of these kitchens are closed, but you got a lot of people who are over-drinking. Yeah. Nice to walk out and... There's only so many Clyde burgers that are open that late, yeah. but Calgary's yeah. different, so you just got to make it work. And, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So talk about the menu at, uh, on the truck. Um, so yeah, so uh, we're, we're known for our brisket. That's our yeah. most popular thing. Um, one of the things I really tried to differentiate ourselves with is I wanted to have, and this maybe this doesn't sound super barbecue-y, but yeah. I wanted to have really good sides. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of places, that's what I noticed in the States, you go, you get your barbecue, you get your sides, the yeah. potato salads, just a cup of mayonnaise with a potato in it, the coleslaw, so, you know, and, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time really focusing in on our sides and trying to uh, encourage customers to add something on, and it increases your bottom line, but, yeah. it, you know... Uh, as opposed to opening up a can of beans. Sure. You know, we, we make our own. We have to soak them for two days. We go through all that. Our, I'm really proud of our collards. And yep. This is some of the tricks we learned down there, cooking collards, because it's they're not the easiest thing to make taste good. Yes, and that's, and that's again, that's something you don't see a lot of here. No, it's uh, it's tough to get people to try them sometimes, but they have caught on, so they're now one of our best sellers. Yeah. It's another thing that, you know, takes eight hours to, to cook them. Yeah. Well, longer if we smoke pork hocks and we make a pork stock out of that because yeah. if you just use a general stock, it's it's not enough fat. You need the fat to cut through the bitterness of that vegetable. Okay. So you got to find ways to, to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know I've had them once. I want to trying to think where it was. 
Regals maybe in Houston. I think I may have uh, done the call right as a side one. So, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, a bit of a bitter. Really bitter, yeah. yeah. So we, we try to make our stock as fatty as possible. And right. we add pork hocks right back in there as well. So you need to have a meat in there to anything to, you almost don't want the call. You don't want to know that it's a collar when you're eating it. Yeah. And you can cook it for eight hours. It's not going to lose its... Oh, well. It never becomes mush. Mush, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of greens, you, yeah. It doesn't take much to... To overdo them. Yeah, these yeah. ones, I don't know what what it is about them, but you do them as long as you want. Yeah. yeah. So you got the brisket. What else on uh, the meats are yes. you doing there? So we do a Carolina-style pulled pork. Okay. So we're mixing, mixing our East Carolina vinegar into the pulled pork once it's done. Yeah. Uh, our St. Louis ribs, we get them cut with a little of the belly on there. Okay. Makes them a bit more expensive, yeah. but it... Creates a yeah, thicker, a yeah, meteor, yeah, yeah, moister rib. We cook them to uh, not fall off the bone, but more of a pull off the bone. Mm-hmm. Find that you go for ribs, and you know you can just suck them off the bone sometimes. Yeah. But when I was down in the states, and none of the ribs were like that. Yeah. There was a texture to them. They weren't underdone or tough. Yeah, you but just you, need a little bite. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you get to pull them off the bone. Yeah. Our beef ribs are really popular when we do them. Yeah. Expensive, so we try to. We don't do them too often because the last thing I want to do is have a leftover beef rib mm-hmm. that I'm like putting into my baked beans or something. That's a bad way to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we do them at festivals and events or right. if people pre-order them. Yeah. yeah, I noticed you had that listed as market price on the website. Exactly. You never know. You, the price on that changes so often. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. We smoke chicken legs, mm-hmm. we, all that stuff. Yeah. Kind of the, the one thing we really... I played around with it a lot this winter. It's the yeah. off-season. I'm not doing too much. Is, yeah. uh, we made pastrami out of beef ribs. Okay, nice. Yeah. It, was a, yeah, it took a, a couple tries, but yeah. I never. I talked to my buddy at Starbell. He was the head chef there. His name was John Sobel. Okay. He ended up passing away a few years ago, but it was one thing that I said to him. Like, I've never seen pastrami on the bone. Yeah. And he said the same thing. I've never seen it either. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try that. Yeah, you know? I've, I've seen a few places in Texas doing it now. Yeah. But I haven't... Uh, it, it was outstanding. I ended up doing them at Christmas for the family, yeah, and nice. we did them a couple times on the truck this year, and it went over yeah. really well. But once again, you're in the heat of the busy season with a family as well. It takes it took us 10 days to cure them cure. and grind them. And we don't have the, enough space all the time to be doing that, so it's something I'd like to do more of, yeah. but just need to get a bigger spot probably one day. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, what do you uh, what is it you're smoking on? You said you had the one smoker at the catering kitchen and then one in the truck. What yeah, so the offset smoker we use whole apologs. Okay, it's, it's what you, it's what you can get here. There's, yeah. That's it. I, yeah. I've heard people getting cherry wood. I, I've never yeah. found it, but yeah. I'm happy with it. it. It works really well. We yes. for the smoker in the truck we import uh, large chunk wood, yeah. Yeah. kind of three by four inches thick, yeah. and we get hickory, mesquite, and pecan. Nice. And we just kind of use a blend depending on what we're what we're smoking and what needs the, the mesquite. Obviously, adds a bit more bite, so yeah. you don't want to use that on something later. But and what uh, offset? What kind of a offset is it using? A custom job or what? Uh, what are you cooking on? Uh, so there was a. I just found it on Kijiji. There was a guy, okay. a, a welder. Yeah. And he kind of made a couple as a passion project, okay, and then nice. had no use for them because he wasn't you know in the business. Yeah. And I, it was awesome. I think it's about. 12 feet long. It's got so, a three-foot firebox on yeah, it. Good size, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I just I messaged him, and yeah. I don't think he understood like what he was giving me. He made it out of three-quarter inch uh, iron pipe. And from everything I've read about building smokers, is you want like at least a quarter inch. Yeah. Now maybe in Calgary that's good for the winter. Yeah. yeah he charged me fifteen hundred bucks for it. I was, yeah, I was like, look, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can, you know, I'll pay in cash. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So I got that. It's uh, it, it's on wheels too, which is nice. So I can uh, I can tow it to and from. Tow it around. We, yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of the rodeo circuits. Yeah. So it's nice. a cool thing to have out, yeah. out back of the truck. We get an extra guy working who can be out there, and then people can come and watch and interact a bit. Yeah. And I'll sometimes in the middle of winter I'll bring it home and get yelled at a little bit by yeah. uh, my girlfriend for taking up the backyard. But sure, but yeah. Kids aren't playing out there in the winter anyway, yeah. so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, awesome. Yeah. Let's see, that's a good size. So that's probably what about a. Yeah, you'll see the propane tank ones down in Texas. Is that probably about a 500 gallon equivalent? Do you think? Or yeah, I don't. Somewhere in there. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even yeah. be able to guess. You know. Oh, but that's a good size. It's, yeah. It, you can do about six briskets on okay. it, I think. So maybe more of two fifty gallon. Yeah, yeah, because it's not as it's not as wide not as some. Okay. Of, it's not as wide as some not of those big yeah. ones. But you can you can get a case of ribs on there yeah. pretty much. And nice. Yeah, we do. We I try to do our sausages on there all that we make our own andouille sausage. Oh, nice. And it's one of those things I. A lot of people, you know, especially down south, are all it has to be offset. It has to be offset. If you're not using offset, you're cheating. And I don't know. The cook shot we that we use on the truck it does yeah. a really good job. But for things like the sausages, yeah. uh, the brisket especially, I do notice a big difference sure. on the offset. But we don't have the weather and the staff to always be offset. Yeah. I, I think we do it as much as we can. I don't know how, who else in Calgary does, but yeah. it's. Uh, Kind of, I'd like to be able to do more of it, but I do notice it more on the sausages, especially with the, the thin membrane that you really do get a lot more smoke in there. Yep. So, yeah. Right on. Uh, what are the What are the plans down the road for you? Any uh, like, like to so get into we've, a we've, we've been restaurant trying, at some point? You think? Yeah, I've been trying for four years yeah, to four. get a restaurant going. Yeah. But my experience from owning one is your lease is your death sentence. Yeah. So there's places coming up, you know, with the market in Calgary. Oh, you can just walk in, take it today, take it tomorrow. Sure, right. But, you know, you're paying 40, 50 bucks a square foot, and then the operating costs and uncapped property taxes, you have to find the right spot. I don't want to be on 17th Ave. I don't want to be anywhere shiny. Do you want the shiny new toy to brag about, or do you want the place that makes money? Yeah. So you gotta, you got to find the right... I like the idea of a neighborhood joint. Yeah, that's, what, that's, what, I had. That, yeah, that's uh, what I had before. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to just be barbecue if you're in a neighborhood joint, because people can only eat that so much, but it can be in partnership with Soul Kitchen. And, uh, so I think that's the goal, and just try to find a spot that works. But we've, we've come close. We've just had some bad luck. A lot of times, the landlord will call us after we've come close on a deal and go, well, someone offered me what I was asking for. And we just say, okay, call us in six months when they're under. And yeah. They do, and the same thing happens again. And we're just waiting. You know, the, yeah. right, the right place will come. Exactly. You can't yeah. force yeah, it. You'll know, you'll, it'll be there when it comes, right? Exactly. Awesome. So where can folks uh, find you? Online, social media, yeah. usual spots you mentioned? kind of. Yeah, like we, we, have our, we have our website, uh, yeah. soulkitchenbarbecueco.com. Yeah. We've got the Twitter and the Instagram, but... I'm just just awful at it. Yeah. It's definitely a, that's our weak point is our yeah. social media game. So you'll see us post once every few months, and yeah. you'll get a barrage of posts for about three days when you remember that we need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but we we post on the street food app, and Great. a lot of our business is just referral. And yeah. And if people are interested in catering, they can contact you via the website. Yeah, we go we go year round for the catering. Yeah. Uh, the truck won't come out after December. Right. It's just not worth driving. It's got 400 pounds of propane on the bottom of it. I don't need to be T-boned by anyone with that. So. But we yeah. do a lot of we do a lot of deliveries and pickups and stuff like that in the winter. So. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of Super Bowl you know, yeah. pickup orders the day, but I won't work the Super Bowl. No, that's, I need to watch that. You pick up beforehand. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a cutoff. Yeah. Uh, all right, last uh, question I asked all my guests. 
It's uh, dinner time, or you're getting ready. What's uh, what's your go-to barbecue? For it? Yeah. Uh, well, I always it's a barbecue podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't have to be barbecue. No, no. But, uh, I, I always go. I always go brisket. Yeah. I think that's the uh, that's the best way to tell the place knows what they're doing is by their brisket, and it doesn't have to be the best brisket in the world. Yeah. But there's just little things about it that you can you can tell by eating the brisket. Like everything else here is going to be really good. Yep. So I think that's kind of the go-to for me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, David, uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Look forward to uh, checking you guys out some more as the trucks back out. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. No, my pleasure, man. First podcast. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good luck. That's a wrap, folks. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you leave a rating and a review. Keep those five-star ratings coming. Thanks to David from Soul Kitchen Barbecue, and be sure to watch out for them on the streets next summer, uh, next spring and summer. You can also contact them for catering info. Wherever you are, I encourage you to get out and support your local barbecue joints. If you visit www.eatmorebarbecue.ca, you'll find a listing of all the great barbecue joints here in Alberta. And as I mentioned in the open, keep your eyes open for a revamped Alberta Barbecue Trail listing coming soon. If you want to win a pair of tickets to the To and Out CFL podcast live event, head to my Instagram feed at eat underscore more underscore barbecue and find my post about the event with directions to enter. Good luck and I hope to see you at the event. Please also give me a follow on my other social accounts. I'm on Twitter at eat more barbecue and on Facebook at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. The email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horvin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. And until next time, folks, keep on smoking. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca.